0: Hi, friends. Welcome to the That Sounds Fun podcast. This is your host, Annie F. Downs. And yes, this is episode 6A. Here's what happened. My friend Dave Barnes and I sat down to chat, and we just talked for a long time, is the truth of it. And so there was no feeding it to you in one serving. It is absolutely two different Um, podcast. So I am sorry and congratulations both. I don't know. Um, You're actually hearing Dave in the background sing Darlin from his new EP, Hymns for Her. We did talk about that a little bit about what this new record's like, but mainly I wanted to talk to Dave about comedy and humor because he is absolutely one of the funniest people I know. So that's what we did. We sat down and talked about Comedy, humor, being funny, and a little bit about music, since you know that is his job. But I think it would be also good for you to know that Aunt Dave's wife is named Annie. And so a lot of times when he's talking about Annie, it is her, not me. Okay, here we go.
1: Don't bother me with your preparation.
0: <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. Um, okay, so. Are you
1: leaving the headphones on?
0: Nope. Should I? I usually do. No. Does it make Maybe feel weird? because
1: if you start hearing, you're loud.
0: Does it make you feel weird that I have the headphones on? No,
1: it's kind of like Princess Leia. It's kind of <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> it's kind of nice. I know. I mean, I feel like... I feel sounds like,
1: good though, right? Everything sounds... I think so. No, if you didn't do anything, it sounds
0: good. I didn't do anything. Yeah. I'm just making sure I'm... Yeah. Yeah. It will never hurt to pull the microphone away <laughs> from me for you. I <laughs> will never be the wrong decision in this afternoon or this morning. Um, Hi, Dave. Are we recording? Yeah, we're going. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah, okay. this is... <laughs>
1: Let me get into recording day.
0: Okay. Okay. I actually uh, want you to start by telling, just introduce yourself, the basics of I'm, the
1: world. I'm Dave Barnes. Um, I am a human being that is alive. Yeah, I I live in Nashville, where Annie lives. Yes. Do I have to, am I third person in you, or am I... Uh...
0: Usually you are. Okay. Emotionally, you first started. Thank you, you for that. That's it, it for moved. me.
1: Thank you guys so much. We've had a blast.
0: <laughs> We're out of here. Shortest, that. funniest podcast ever. God, look, Eight that minutes. Would be, that would what be if we apropode. only, what if we did 20 episodes of eight-minute podcasts?
1: That would be, my ADD would just, I would like two-minute <laughs> After,
0: after, podcasts. after. I know you, t- you had me listen to like a three-minute podcast, the Enneagram ones. Yeah, yeah. You had me listen to those, and those are super short. Yeah. People like it. Okay, so what do you do for your job? As if everyone does it. Oh,
1: yeah, I uh I play music and write songs and sing them and then I play them live.
0: Which do you enjoy the most right now? That's a good question.
1: Okay. I'm gonna say that a lot. Um I hope so. Hey <laughs> that's the end of podcast two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh I'm No, already... that's good. that's a great question. What do I enjoy the most? You know, this sounds cheesy, but I really do enjoy all of them equally.
0: Hey.
1: The, yeah. They I are. feel the
0: same about writing and speaking. People yeah. don't believe me, but yeah. I do. Yeah. Because I'm doing the same thing.
1: Yeah. I think in equal measure, maybe you feel the same. Like it's if I'm if I've been writing for three weeks in a row. You know, it's a little tiring. So a show is fun. I've, maybe the better way to answer is I tire more quickly of playing shows mm-hmm. than I do writing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, what, if that's a qualifier,
0: but um, every time you hit that arm, it makes a sound. Okay. Thank you for telling me that.
1: <laughs> Every time I hit, I makes a sound.
0: And the leather—that third voice you hear—is the leather chair. Oh my God! David gosh. Barnes leather chair. Yeah. You have a lot of leather-bound books, and your apartment smells of sweet mahogany. I've been meaning to tell you that. <laughs>
1: then my plan has worked. I can burn it now. Did
0: you did you see what I said yesterday to Pete Wilson on Twitter when oh my he gosh. said <laughs> I said I've trained him right? I was like Annie, stay in your own business. Just because two of your friends talk on the internet does not mean you have to insert a joke. Alas,
1: Oh my I gosh. did.
0: Um, okay, so the different thing, I think a lot of people know you for your music, right? But I think you're also almost as equally known. And in fact, I knew you first for being funny. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I watched one of your videos before I ever went to your show. Hmm. And um, do and, you know I've also made a life decision never to be friends with Mumford & Sons because of you? Why? Because I I... I feel like my relationship with your music changed when y'all became my best friends and when y'all became my people. Mm-hmm. It feels like I want, I, I experience your music differently. And so I've made a decision never to be you friends with Mumford.
1: You need them to stay the same.
0: Yeah. I need to stay removed from them.
1: Yes. So,
0: and that bizarre. But mm-hmm. you and, you and Matt led me to make a M- Mufford decision.
1: Wow! Thank you. Well, you're welcome. I wish it was more of a Jesus decision, but I think <laughs> no. Jesus is after Mumford. Well, that's on the Romans. Emotionally, road. he is. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Jesus Too is shit. after I, Mumford. I probably really bad. I just left The leather slept.
0: <laughs> so, so what I know you for as well is your music, is your comedy, and just your enjoyment of being funny. Is that a true statement? Do you feel like? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Wh- why? Uh,
1: I think I just like seeing people laugh like it's just so it's such I feel like laughing is such a communal experience mm. you know what I'm saying like yeah. it's such a quick way to get everybody together like it's just such a unifying moment if it's not mean mm. you know if it's a if it's a joke that isn't you know mean
0: did you have to did you season out of mean jokes or did you was that never you I
1: don't know I just don't I don't think that stuff is I mean I think it's funny because it's it is funny which is sad but I just don't, I'm, I don't know. It's just not my vibe. I don't, like even as a
0: teenager, you weren't cool? No, 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 no. No? No, no. No. Main,
1: no. Huh. no. I was never cool enough to be cool. If
0: like, <laughs> somebody write that song? <laughs> oh, my God.
1: I think Taylor Swift is working on that somewhere. In, like, yeah. You'll Balibu. get a
0: cut. You'll get, oh my gosh. And a one piece. Oh my
1: gosh. Touche. <laughs> and podcast three in two.
0: Um. I think it I think it is I think that's less common to never have cycled through a how do I be funny and not be mean.
1: Hmm. You know, it's really funny. I remember this so distinctly. Like there's a few, there's a few sort of like Ebenezers in my life that I look back on and go, man, and that was definitely like my life changed in this moment. I was um because I didn't really think I was funny growing up until uh we were at this I was probably like 14, And we were on this church uh, youth group trip. Mm-hmm. And we went with this. I grew up in Kosciuszko, Mississippi, and my God family. You. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have a tissue. Uh, but uh, we went with a group from Clarksdale, Mississippi, which is where my dad's from, in the Delta, right below Memphis. Um And so Clarksdale, and really that part of Mississippi, always has these just beautiful girls. Like the girls, it was this joke with everybody I knew that new girls knew girls from know It was just like, was so pretty. I don't know if it's something in the water, but um we went on this youth group trip and so they were doing a skit. I mean, I was I was like the youngest group that was there. I think I'd maybe like high like, school or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe yeah. Yeah, maybe even like eighth, 8th or ninth grade. And um and they were doing the skit and I remember like somebody just said, "Dave, you should like be the host for the skit." And we didn't rehearse it at all. And I just remember it was this room about 50 or 60 kids. And and again, I was just at that point so overwhelmed by the beauty, the, the collective beauty of this room, and how I was. Is that uh, how you feel right now? Yes, <laughs> I oddly thought enough, so. I thought so. Crazy.
0: <laughs> um, I remember the story because I'm feeling yeah, there's, the collective there's beauty like, between the two of yes, us. Yes,
1: <laughs> the mahogany smell is taking me back there. Um, but I just remember so distinctly, like uh, this this feeling of like there was no way I was gonna get anybody's attention and then I and then so we started doing the skit and something began in that moment it was like mm-hmm. something in me and I just started saying things that I didn't know I even knew and oh my gosh. everybody was like rolling and I and it was like what is this you know and so it got it got bigger in that moment than like oh like this cute girl thought that was funny it was like I feel like I'm holding like a like a like I can make fire from my hands all of a sudden you know what I mean like what is this power right and not just again not just like oh like look at her she's smiling it was just like everybody thinks that's funny and that's and it is this isn't hard for me like it just feels like I'm saying stuff that's already in my brain and that and like my dad and I've laughed about that a lot because he's like I could tell something like you just suddenly took on this different thing and I think from then that was kind of when like I started to I'm funny. Like, maybe I have something about me that's wow. that's interesting. And then from there, like, I just started to do more of those kind of things at youth group. Like, and they were never rehearsed. It'd always be like, just get yeah. up and, and do this thing, and we just kind of riff. And, um, and like a lot of the times it was funny. And all of a sudden it was like, I guess I'm funny. Like, it, I, you know, I, I remember a lot of my friends in high school, like, the, I started turning to turn into that more. And people, like, I don't even remember really being that before we moved to Knoxville when I was in Mississippi because we moved when I was in. That becoming junior, and I don't remember that being a part of like my thing, yeah. But I think looking back, you know, I bump into people here and they're like, Oh man, like, God, you are so funny! I remember, and I just think that's funny. So it kind of was something that developed in the you know, a later thing. But I think what I always liked about it and still do is it just felt so like, Oh, we're together, aren't we, guys? Like, look, that's funny, and we're all laughing. Mm -hmm. And whether it be something I've said or done, or somebody else, just think it's I love that feeling of it, that feeling of such a quick way to get everybody together on yeah. something, you know.
0: Were you doing music that early too?
1: No, 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 no.
0: no. So it was so funny. Was first.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: So say you'd have never picked up a guitar, what would you be doing?
1: It would. I don't think it'd be something funny. Oddly enough, I think uh, like church. I, yeah, I thought. I, I thought for a while I would be like a youth director or like a preacher. Um, I don't know, you know, this is a really, I haven't really said this out loud much, so I have to be careful, but like, I think funny has always been so easy to me, it just never felt like, it's engaging, but not in a way that I ever thought, like, man, I want to like, I, uh, I could make this an occupation or something, I always thought, yeah, I guess I'm funny and that's fun, but it doesn't like, I don't find it like challenging me, not that, I mean, I've been around people. You know, I don't know. It just never engaged me that way. Mm-hmm. So I never thought of it as like, man, I don't want to go to L.A. and like try to do stand up. Right. I want to be an actor or something um, like music always has. Like Music sort of came in. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. You know,
0: I kind of never wanted. I always wanted to be famous. I always wanted to be known. I never wanted to be famous <laughs> for being anybody else.
1: Oh, that's great. And so
0: I, I'm so moving to L.A. never did anything for me either. Or moving to New York never did anything for me either. I don't like playing someone else. Yeah, I want to just be me.
1: That's a really that's a really good way to put that. Yeah, I, I that resonates a lot. You know, there was there was the, the, one of the few times that I really felt like, oh my gosh, this is interesting. I, I, this was another one of those sort of Ebenezer moments as far as humor goes. I was we had thrown this uh, end of the year get together for Canvas Crusade uh, for Christ at MTSU, which me and some friends started there when I was there. Uh, and the staff too obviously Um, but it began my freshman year and so me and a few of my friends were kind of the core group that helped start it and so this was our last party before Mm -hmm. we all came to Nashville a lot of us and we had it at this uh, mansion in Murfreesboro Um, the guys had rented it out and it was really awesome but while we were there it was really interesting like I was talking to the lady who owned it Mm -hmm. and there were all these pictures in her room of, of L.A. and Hollywood and her on the Johnny Carson show and her with all these actors. And I was like,
0: how do you know these
1: people? It was Dolly Parton. (laughs) A young Dolly Parton. (laughs) Um, And I just was like, hey, like, what is this? And she was kind of like, oh, you know, I used to live in L.A. and I was an actress and on a bunch of stuff. And she had like a really great kind of like B-plus career where Mm -hmm. she was in some big movies, but always kind of like the side star and stuff. But so we start talking and she is so funny like yeah. we kind of start joking about stuff and it was like one of the first times that i was like wow she is easily keeping pace with me." Mm-hmm. like you know because you may feel the same way but you kind of get to where you go okay humor wise you can sort of ping the room real quick and go okay th- this is the landscape is
0: you why know. your wife makes us sit on opposite ends of oh the table gosh, when we job? have dinner yeah. parties
1: does she know we're back here <laughs> um but um uh, but it was—I say all that to say—it was really interesting because she and I, I ended up staying till like one o'clock that night because mm-hmm. she and I just had so much fun talking. Yeah. And she was probably fifty-five or sixty, yeah. but she she came through Groundlings in Chicago with Chevy Chase and no. Jim Belushi, and all, or I forget. The, but it was that crowd, and day. she knew all of those people before they went to SNL, and she was like one of them. She was like the girl in the in the crew. She's like, you know, I just decided not to do SNL. And they asked me, you know, I think they had asked her to try out or something. But I was just, and she said, and I remember this was such, a, I remember going home that night and laying in my bed and just being like, man, what a fascinating experience. Because She said, she's like, you know, Dave, I haven't had this much fun since I was with those guys. Like mm-hmm. You remind me of all of those guys, like your humor and your speed. And like, she's like, this is what, this is what they're like. And I just remember wow. thinking, like, whoa, that's a huge thing to say. And I remember going home. Again, I just there was never any – this is when Micah and I were living together at MTSU. But I remember talking to Micah about it for so long the next day. I was like, Man, I have just never had anyone around me that I felt – thought like I did. Mm-hmm. And she's the first person that I got around. And she was lightning fast. Like, yeah. I was sprinting to keep up, but we were – but it was, like – we literally just sat there and and laughed about stuff for like three hours. And I was in the whole time I was so mentally engaged and stimulated humor wise. Mm -hmm. And I just remember being like, that was one of the few times that I thought, there's other people like this. And Mm -hmm. I wonder what they're like. And I wonder what that's like at the same time thinking, I bet that's really exhausting. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I bet I would go home every night from hanging with those people and just be like, okay, that's really fun. But Holy cow, I'm tired. You know what I mean? Um, so that 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 you know, there's only been a few times where I felt like that, and those are the moments where I did feel like I wonder what that would be like to really like go do that. Or, um, but but really not many other times.
0: Really. Do you work on being funnier? You know, like our friend Lindsay Rush at Rush Bob. You know, is naturally very funny, <laughs> mm-hmm. but she's also pursuing a career in comedy, yeah. so she is working to be funnier, and you can see it. You can tell. Yeah. she's improving. Do you do anything to try to be funnier? Do you do anything to hone those skills.
1: No. Yeah. That's why I'm beginning to be less funny and less funny. <laughs>
0: it's a bucket and, and it's funny. empty. It is.
1: It's totally empty. <laughs> uh, no, and that's what's so funny about social media is it's, is it's like giving a voice to people who are funny in a different way. It's like mm. writer funny, mm-hmm. you know, because you can hang out with those people or meet them at some coffee shop and go, oh, you're so-and-so, and they can be sometimes as funny as they're on Twitter, but, you know, a lot of those times those people are writer funny, which is a whole yeah. different yeah. Which I don't really know that I'm that kind of funny where I can sit down and do a in hundred and forty characters like something that you want to retweet a million times, you know. Right. Um,
0: Who do you love following on Twitter? Who is that?
1: There's a guy that I think is so funny and so bizarre, and it's like everything he tweets, I'm always like every time I see his, you know, his uh handle. Yeah, his handle, I'm always like, Oh, this is gonna be weird and awesome. <laughs> but his name is C joiner, and um he is so funny. And thankfully, pretty clean. Like yeah. In fact, he's, he's, he's like 98% clean. Uh, but it's so weird and yeah. wonderful and yeah. awesome.
0: Tell me, that leads me to a thing I love talking to you about in general. But the idea of clean versus dirty humor. Because mm. dirty humor is easier. <coughs> yeah. And it's hilarious. How do you stay out of that? Why do you stay out of that? And what, I mean... Yeah, that's it. How do you stay out of it and why do you stay out of that?
1: Well, I think, you know, why is because you're not supposed to, I just think. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why. I think, one, because biblically it's, you know, it's not wholesome mm-hmm. in coming from your mouth. It's not something that's uplifting. Um, I think, too, like, I don't know. I, I love the challenge of trying to not be that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's something really fun about trying to be the guy that's funny without, without, saying something that's off color or, you know, sexually charged or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes more work. takes more work. And I think it's oddly enough, more unifying, mm. like more. Pe- I think more people, if you say something that's really clean and funny, more people are going to like it than mm-hmm. something that's dirty and funny. Mm-hmm. Every time. Mm-hmm. Because moms can laugh at clean, funny, right. you know, mm-hmm. and they, and, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, Oof, when it's, when it's not, you know, um, You know it's hard. It's like that's I feel like I feel more peer pressure that I put on myself.
0: You're your worst peer.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: (laughs) I didn't mean to tell you.
1: Um, but uh, you know it's just that that's always such a challenge because it's like you know it's just so so much that is like low hanging fruit. Sometimes we're just like, oh man, I wish I hadn't said that. That was not great. Um, but um, but yeah, I think I think. And then what was the other part? how
0: Yeah. And uh, what is it, you, yeah, why and how? So what does it look like for you? Because I would imagine you're like me and that I can formulate a joke with a dirty punchline pretty yeah, quick. Yeah. And so then it's a, it's a, it's like you run all the way to the fence and then you back up, back up, back up. And then you go to the fence that you're actually allowed to go out.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what
0: does that look like? I mean, do you, does that happen in your head? Do you formulate or are you just a cleaner human? than me?
1: No, no, no. I mean, I, I feel like there's, you're always reading the cue cards, but you're mm-hmm. going, not that one, not that yeah, one, not that one. Oh, it. that's good. Okay, not that one, not that one. I think for me, it's just going nope, yeah. nope, don't. okay. That's I can say that. That's funny. Mm-hmm, All right, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's more that than like. I just feel like that stuff pops up and then I go no,
0: yeah,
1: you know, swipe it me. away.
0: Yeah, you know, swipe or no swiping. God. You're not single, but there is this like swipe left, swipe right joke about Tinder. Oh yeah, but
1: it's fine. Love me Tinder. <laughs> that's
0: what I've been asking. Um, <laughs> love me Tinder? Question mark. Um, <laughs> Love me. Comment Tinder. That's, right, that's, that's it. That's it. Um, and podcast forms. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tell me, okay, so you get on stage and do jokes a lot. How do you know when to, this is a problem I have every event I do. How do you know when to stop joking and doing your actual job?
1: Oh, no, I don't know. I don't even You, <laughs> you have to tell me this. This is actually why I wanted to do this so you could be, Dave, seven minutes of jokes total is six minutes too much. Right. <laughs> You know
0: that's only that's i just that is a struggle for me is how do you know because that does making people laugh does something in me that i don't want it to ever stop
1: yeah I but think, that's not what i, I'm I, to I be feel there. like i can tell when i'm starting to amuse myself mm-hmm. and that's when the trouble starts cuz you know like it's like the self-aggrandizing thing it's like you know when it's funny everybody's laughing and then you start engaging in what do i think is even funnier and a little weirder and then you can feel it, it you can feel the down. room kind of start to go you you lost us with the banjo thing and you're like okay <laughs> you know and so i feel like that but i feel like at the same time there's that weird there's that weird like you know Yin Yang of going. Sometimes that stuff is what's the funniest because you carry the joke a little longer, mm, and then you mm-hmm. get the extra little hat at the end.
0: Right, and people love that joke.
1: Yeah, but I do think there is. I think spiritually, you. I really feel like there's a Holy Spirit part of it that you can start to get into. Like you're flexing a little. You know, mm. this is where you're starting to kind of hate. Check me out. Yeah. And and um, I heard a guy say in college one time, and I mean, this isn't always true, but I've thought about it so much. He said, "Things done do impress." And I think that's a that can be a good barometer on sort of like, am I trying to impress people or am I being myself and being funny? Yeah. Because you know, and yeah, you can do things to impress people, and they can be really impressive. But I think there is something in that that's kind of like, you know, I, I'm up here trying. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm sort of strutting a little bit at this point. This is no yeah. longer like a communal. Let's all laugh and have a good
0: time. No, I'm um, just thinking I'm funny. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I mean, that's I lead with. I'm going to make myself laugh harder than I'm going to make you laugh. Oh, yeah. Every time.
1: Can I, Can we get that tattooed somewhere? Oh,
0: my gosh. Yes. Yeah. For sure. That's my life. Um, Speaking of professionalism, I need to plug in my computer. So will you plug it in? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. by you. Plug
1: it in. Plug it Let in. Let me
0: get my cord. Uh, because nothing says professional podcast like...
1: Then your computer shutting down. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I just was like, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And it keeps not being fine. Can you... Yeah. This is great. Okay. Perfect. Um... How do you know when to retire a joke that you've been using on stage?
1: When people, I think, start to like lament it. When mm-hmm. people are like, "Oh God." This
0: can story. you feel that coming when they do? Because you, I mean, you can do the same joke in Buffalo that you do in Birmingham, and
1: yeah, you know that that's the that's the thing. I, I don't know. I feel like the th- my humor is I'm always doing small tweaks. I'm always adding a little something to see if that can catch and make the joke new again. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me. I don't end up retiring a bunch of stuff on purpose as much as so I just forget. Like, I'm playing so I'm playing so sporadic right now in the season of life I'm in that I'll literally forget a whole, like, I, I'm playing a show uh, in a couple of nights and I've had to start thinking, like, what are some of the funnier things I've said lately? Because I'll just forget. Mm-hmm. And I'll do a whole show and I'll have people go up and go, oh, you didn't do this, something, you didn't talk about it? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I didn't. Or something new will happen and I'll totally forget what was funny about mm-hmm. it, you know. So, for me, I'm not out there doing it enough for it to be something where I'm, like, retiring jokes. Yeah. Although, you know, I'll do I'll, – we'll have seasons where I'm kind of like, all right. Like, I, I had that – I don't know if you know that the, the, the obesity story. that. Oh, African yeah, one. for Africa. One. I did yeah. that for a while, and I just kind of felt like, you know, I've done this, like, two tours in a row, mm-hmm. and
0: mm-hmm. it's a
1: long story. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I just feel like it's time for that to go. Yeah. But I had a lot of people, like, that were, like, bummed when I didn't tell that story yeah. anymore.
0: That's a, that's a hard part for me because musicians are expected to come in every time someone comes to a barn show, they already know what they want to hear, yeah, and they're yeah. excited. They want to yeah. make sure you sing until yeah. you, <clears throat> and they want to make right. sure you sing, you know, some of your, and they want to make sure they hear certain jokes with me. They want fresh Bible content every time. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, well, I've got this great lead joke. Oh my gosh! But everyone, but they've heard every. I feel like if one person in the crowd has heard it it's dishonest of me to repeat it or it's cheating uh, them to repeat it, even though it's my killer lead. Yeah. And I, it's, it's hard for me to, to, it's almost like you have to have a cycle of like, okay, I've done this for a whole calendar year. Now I have to retire. Yeah. Back. And I
1: think that's, you know, you make a great point. I think that's why I always add tidbits. Cause there's a part of me that if I'm amused without it being selfish, then I'm winning because it's the goal. I think the goal in any kind of like, what is the word? I want to use? Entertainment is a really strong word, but that's that's kind of the best thing I know to say. Yeah. But, like, ultimately, if I'm writing a song, I have to like that song first. If I've got some story that I think is funny, I have to think it's funny first, right? Mm-hmm. So if I think it's funny and it gets a giggle out of me, then, then then like, here it is, everybody. So I think for me, that's why when I tell stories, I, I even if it's a little, and she had a hat on, it's like something that makes. Why did me, that make me laugh? I don't know. Because we all know that her <laughs> sweet headed lady, um, which I think was Elton John's song, but um, I, you know, like
0: just that was on his driver's license.
1: Yeah, oh my gosh, <laughs> touche! And that's podcast five. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. So I think for me, like that's why that's why I would be really. It'd be fascinating if I spoke like you did because I think if I did those, because I think I would probably mutate stuff to the point of it's not it's not anymore. even true anymore because right. I, I would just feel like every night i need to add something mm-hmm. because man what if god if my manager's even with me he's tired of this joke so i have a real real time clicker in my head that's always like okay these people have heard this so i have to add some pizzazz
0: to oh it. man my friend laura traveled with me two weekends ago and heard me do the same six minute intro nine times yeah in five days and i was like i don't know how you're doing this and not yeah. like punching me in the face the minute we get in the car yeah What is hard about being funny?
1: I think what you would say, I would imagine, is that people expect it. Mm -hmm. So on the days where you're like not feeling it or, you know, it's just like, it's it's the dance monkey dance thing. It's like, there's just times when it's like people, you know, even your friends, you know, you'll be hanging out somewhere and they're kind of like, dude, please do the thing with Thing or this accent, or tell that story about whatever. And, you know, if you're not in the mood for it or whatever, it can get a little, oh, man, you know, okay, all right, we'll just, because I think sometimes I got to get there. I got to be in the right sort of like headspace for mm-hmm. it, you know. So I think sometimes that, which is like such a ridiculous and pithy thing to say. But, you know, I, I, I think that can be, you know, and I've seen that a lot in my career. It's, it's funny you ask that because I think as I get older, there's this really weird thing that's happened in my brain where it's like, this is what Pete and I were talking about yesterday. Um, we went to coffee together, Pete Wilson. But um, just that, like as I get older, I- I'm just I've never felt so secure in like this is just who I am, yeah. kind of warts and all, and
0: words and all, Matt warts. Thank
1: you, <laughs> podcast six. Um, but I think, I think um, what that produces in me is a, is is hopefully me not trying to impress as much, you know, I think it's that Richard Rohr idea of like the second half of life for me has sort of started in the last couple of years and it's wonderful in a lot of ways, and it's really scary in a lot of ways, but one of the things that I like is I don't feel this huge thing to like make everybody like me or laugh, make them laugh or wow them with my whatever talents are. And so I think the thing that, that, that is interesting about my career is because I've built it so much on my humor and personality. I I can find that like, you know, my manager and I, Chris will talk sometimes, man, it'd be fun to do some videos for this new thing. And I'm like, I I just don't want to do that. Like I'm kind of worn out sort of trying to go back to the same well and sort of think of a new way. And I think too, you know, one of the harder things that it's not bad because I'm so thankful for it. And we just did a round of funny videos for this new EP, but like, that
0: are, unbearably funny. Oh, thank you. They're a lot like of painful. That is, They're well, a lot of funny. that is Jeff Venable and
1: Seth, Hill-Ply, who I wrote those with. But you know, it's like, it can get frustrating sometimes because it's like, man, I don't want to have to be funny to sell records. Right. I just don't. I want right. people to like my music and go buy it. But I think the thing that I'm thinking about wrong is that's, that's I, I'm just thinking about it wrong. I think, I don't think people think of it that way. I think of people that I like, and I'm like, well, I don't buy their records because they're because they do also do funny little videos and stuff. I just it makes me like it affirms what I like about them. That's right. And so you know that stuff can get can get a little tiring sometimes. I just feel like, man, I just you know, I really wish I could just put out music sometimes and it would just be music. And like the Christmas videos, you know, people have, and it's great, but they're always asking about the next ones. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I really feel like I have milked. This like we are literally out of songs to to, to,
0: to mimic yeah to, and so
1: it's you know that that's the part of being funny that can be hard is mm-hmm. when you sort of feel like you've come to the end of something like you know like I,
0: there's this one horse you rode all the way here Yeah, and now the horse is dying Yeah, and you gotta get off
1: and it's why you you know you wonder if there'll be an Anchorman 3 or mm-hmm. you know just things where it's like I'm sure those guys and girls kind of go I really feel like that's we, we nailed it like Austin Powers doesn't need another movie. Like right. we kind of done all the jokes we want right. to do, but I think the part in us is like, you know, we're consumers, so it's like, oh, give us more. So that can be kind of hard. I think with with sometimes because it can kind of feel like, you know, that's the that's the part that can you can sort of end up feeling a little bit like a circus animal. You know, it's like people are like, come on, you know, throw some <laughs> peanuts to him. You know. oh wake up, right? wake up. You know, I
0: know. Do you want to raise funny kids?
1: I think it would be fun if one of them was funny. I do think it'd be funny to sort of see, like, you know, one of them's got, like, a really good sense of humor, and, and it's, it's also funny. You know, that would be... I would be really, like, I would be really fascinated by that, just, yeah. like watching that and sort of seeing how it manifests itself, you know?
0: <clears throat> There's pieces of that in your oldest, don't you think? I think so. I mean, yesterday he was sitting in the back seat... Singing "Happy Birthday" to himself into the mirror that is on the back of your—that's
1: definitely my child. The mirror part, there's no doubt, no <laughs> DNA test needed for that.
0: <sighs> I just would want—I would wonder what it would look like. So my dad's funny, you know my dad's yep. funny. oh yeah. Second so my dad's—that's right in the southeast, and uh, my, so my dad's funny, and I'm funny, and I've—but I've never one—I've never asked him or thought about does that matter to him. Hmm. You know, because it matters to me that my dad's funny.
1: I'm sure. You know, that's what's funny. Like, my mom my mom is hysterical, but she's, like, really funny and goofy and silly. And my dad loves humor. And I think my dad's funny, but he's, I don't think he would be like, I'm funny. Mm. But he, but you know, we grew up watching Naked Gun and Airplane and Police Squads mm-hmm. and all that. Really, like, you know, I love that stuff. And they love funny movies. Mm-hmm. And I think, so there was a pedigree for that in the house. Yeah. But I think... You know, I wouldn't say that they're necessarily like, I mean, I think my mom is funny, but she's just sort of ridiculous, mm-hmm. which is what I love. But I don't know. I don't. I think it'd be, I think it. I would like that, but I don't have any expectations for it. And I wouldn't be disappointed if they end up being, you know, like goth kids or something. Sure. You know. Um oh
0: just one of them, I hope. I know. I just want to watch that I for know. the next 20 years. Just one of them fall into that a little bit. Dye his hair black, dye her hair black. Oh my God. I'll, I'll encourage Watch you. Watch The Crow. Aunt Annie, I'll encourage you. Yeah. One and two. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's what we're going to start calling your kids. The Crow. Crow one. Oh the, crows. the Crows. The Crows. <laughs> hey, Dave, can I come over and see The Crows? With being funny is that it makes me feel prideful sometimes. Hmm. And it makes me, I mean, why am I admitting this on a podcast? But it makes me, I I find that the older I get and the more the Lord heals me toward how I feel about myself, the more I like me. Hmm. And the more I enjoy thinking I'm funny and I enjoyed that. How do you, do you ever feel that? And how do you counteract? My strength can become so my strength that it becomes my weakness.
1: So when Annie and I were dating, I mean, I love this about her so much. I'm like addicted to this part of her personality, but she's a truth teller, you know, and, and, I mean, you know, that. Mm-hmm. um, and she's really black and white. Um, and thankfully as she's gotten older. She's become much more gracious than that. But, um, uh, I like it even when she's not, I'll take it. I'm like, I'll 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 figure it out. Just like tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were dating, this was a profound, profound moment for me. We met up with some friends. One of them I knew pretty well and the rest I didn't know very well. And I don't know why, but I just I, I knew that like anyway, we we were at lunch after church, and there was like five or six of us, and I was just killing it. Killing it. Like mm-hmm. Everything I said was so good and I was just like, man, and I loved it. I was like I was like, man, I'm impressing those socks off these people. Actually, I'm not gonna say that because I wasn't thinking about that at the time. I right. was just like, you were just whatever's enjoying happening, it. I'm just yeah. milking it. And we got I'll never forget this. we got in the car, she you know, door shut, and she just turned to me, she's like, What was that? And I literally was like, That was my dear, how you do it. <laughs> and she said, i who, who was that? Because that's not the Dave that I know and love. That was something else. And I really don't like that. And I remember it was, I've never, there are a few times in my life where it has been such an about turn. It was a 180 mm. in two seconds. Because I was floating. I was like, those people think I'm the funniest person they've ever seen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and her point was just like, that wasn't you you didn't let anybody talk. They don't know anything more about you. You definitely know anything more about them. Um and it was just I got I got tired of hearing you talk. And I was like, yeah, but everybody was laughing. She's like, it doesn't matter. Like, what do you know about them? Like, you didn't ask one question. And it was just like, wow. And I was like, I'm going to
0: keep her. I love and
1: hate <laughs> you. Yeah, that's right. Um but that was a real like that was a huge as far as humor, because I was like, man, it can be so divisive. Uh not in like a you know, that's a big word for that, but it can. It can it can make me something different from everybody else. It can be anti communal as much as it can be communal. And it was a real lesson for me. Like that that became a new standard for me. Because I would notice in conversations even one on one or people in general, where it wasn't me performing, mm. where I was like, man, I've a funny and it doesn't matter wrap it up all right Right. so tell me about you guys shut up Dave you know because you can do something doesn't mean you should you know and so I think it was
0: that's what you keep saying to me about singing backup thank you which is offensive but I hear you Mm. I hear
1: which I'm trying not to hear you oddly (laughs) enough that's the the humor and all of it
0: is it is this part of so we love Enneagram that's the test is this part of being a seven that we that we are this that we take over and have to like because I have to do that too. I have to go. Oh, I've been talking so much. I need to ask a question. Like I, thirty-four yeah. year old Annie can do that. Twenty-two year old Annie, just bulldozed. Yeah. But but now I go. Oh, settle. Yeah.
1: Well, the trick with sevens is we're we're the fastest processors, so our you know our intake of information is warp speed, mm. and our output is the same, and we're life of the party people. We like. To center of attention so you just have like a cocktail for trouble right if you're not which is funny because healthy us is slow and contemplative really yeah like a five and so um so we're not like that we're just we're gone we Mm -hmm. are off to the races before we even know we are Mm -hmm. and we love the attention and we're gluttons Mm -hmm. that's our vice you know so it's just a really bad cocktail of like we can get way down the road before we even know we are, yeah. and we're like, "Oh shoot, whoops!" Yeah. You know,
0: I often, after I go on first or second dates, will come to you guys and go, "I like him so much, he didn't laugh at me at all," you oh my know, gosh, yes. <laughs> or I'll come and go, "He laughed at everything. This is never going to mm-hmm. work," because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm right, because I see that in you and Annie, the importance of because there is something to me. There's something about the person's closest to us appreciating that side of us, but not needing that side of us.
1: One well, two, Annie is not attracted to humor that elevates myself. Mm. She wants nothing to do with that. Yeah. She loves vulnerable, humble, funny humor. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, it's a really good litmus paper test because like if she's laughing, then there's something funny about it that doesn't, that doesn't make me cooler.
0: Right. There's,
1: it's just like some moment of humility or, Truth that is just mm-hmm. funny, mm-hmm. but the minute that it's me, you know, tsk, tsk, you know, sort of pumping the air and right. you know, as my head gets bigger, she does not care. Yeah, she wants nothing to do with it. Yeah, and and the, and the good thing is that's not shows. She loves shows and she laughs and she'll say how much she loved one thing I said, but because that's different. Like mm-hmm. it's me being myself and yeah. I'm being myself and funny and just trying to have a good time. Yeah, but it is funny because we'll leave certain hangs sometimes. With you know, I can tell she's kind of like, "Yeah, man," <laughs> and it's always when I'm trying to impress somebody, mm-hmm. when somebody is there that like I either know is funny or I, I'm insecure or I'm.
0: Did it ever hurt your feelings in the process of her calling you out of that?
1: Oh yeah, like every yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, it kills me. Yeah. But I think you know I've learned how to take the truth of that, even when she does it gently. You kind of go, okay, like you got to die that whole thing because there's. Some Stuff to learn. Here, yeah. You know.
0: Okay. So I want you to tell me a little bit about your new record, Hymns for Her.
1: I love it. It's different. I did it with Ben Shive, which I love Ben. I mean, so
0: talented great. for oh days. Oh my gosh, she's
1: a monster. Yeah. And so I kind of knew the vibe I wanted. It was so funny because we were, we were, well, what were we working on? He and I were doing something together and uh maybe playing a show or something. But I was telling, he was like, so what are you up to? I said, man, I want to do these EPs. And the first one I want to do is kind of like a, You know, like Van Morrison meets Nick Drake, kind of moody, Mm. not a a lot of rhythm section, guitars, you know, lush stuff. And he was like, who's doing it? And I was like, I don't know. I hadn't decided yet. He's like, how about I do it? And I was like, how about you do it? So we did it. It's six songs. got an instrumental, which I love. Oh, that's what I
0: used on Jessica Turner's podcast. I used Mississippi. It is just, it's gorgeous. Thanks.
1: A lot of that has been, I just had this, we were setting up the mic. Uh, when we when I did guitars one afternoon for the for the album, and I was playing something, and he, what is that? I was like, I don't know. It just sounds cool in this mic. He's like, record that and remember that because we need to do that as an instrumental. And oh, I was wow. like, awesome. So thankfully, I came home and finished the little idea, and then we had thirty minutes left in the day that Chris Donigan played guitars on it, and Ben was like, you still remember that idea? Mm. Chris was like, "I got 30 minutes. Do you anything else?" So I ran in there, recorded really quickly. Chris laid down a bunch of stuff, and then Ben wrote the arrangement and had some, some guys at Nashville the But I love it. I'm so so proud of it because I feel like for me, I've always wanted to do something that felt like this album feels, and thankfully I had the songs to sort of put it together and make it work. Um,
0: and it doesn't feel kitschy. It doesn't yeah. feel Valentine'sy. I love that you did. You did a val. Uh, a lovey uh-huh. kind of record uh-huh. and it's it it's so good to fill that spot but this doesn't feel like that. Yeah, that's what I was say. This hoping. feels, can I say mature? I, not that that's, that one was immature. No, that's how i described it. This one feels really mature and yeah. like you're making pasta.
1: Yeah. I think too, mm, interesting. It's audio pasta. Thank you for that.
0: That's your new Twitter handle.
1: Oh my gosh. Um, but like, I think the thing too is I just really wanted something that I really feel like my fans like when I do this kind of music, mm. and I was like, "What if I just gave them an EP of it, as opposed to, you know, because my albums can be really eclectic." Yeah. And I just thought it'd be fun to just kind of give them what they want a yeah. little bit. Yeah. And what I what I love, I mean, sure. I love. I was I was playing some this morning because I had the show coming this weekend, first time I'm playing live. I like, Man, I love these songs. They're so easy to sing, and it's just not all this heavy lifting. Yeah. Um, so I'm really, I've, I've, I'm super proud of it.
0: Right. Are you guys having the best time? listening? I can't even listen to this interview over again without dying laughing. Dave is so funny and so great to be around. I'm totally having a ball. So remember, this is part one. This is episode 6A and we still have ex- episode 6B to come. So I know I could have called them six and seven, but you know, why? Why when you can just cut six and a half? And I couldn't do six and 6.5. I thought about it. Trust me, I went through all the things um, and we ended up with 6A and 6B. Hey, here's a cool thing that has not happened in the history of the podcast. Dave wants to give away two autographed copies of his new album, hymns for her that's h-y-m-n-s for her and here's all you have to do you have to tweet at dave and i at dave barnes music at annie f downs and just say hey give me a copy of hashtag hymns for her right that's all you got to do and the first two people who do that after listening to the podcast hey listen if i was you i would pause it now and do it go ahead see you may have won who can not even know so Tweet at both of us, and the first two people who we hear from are going to get a free copy of Hymns for Her autographed by Mr. Dave Barnes himself. Not me. I mean, you don't need me to autograph it. Maybe I will. That's kind of funny. Yeah, maybe I will. We'll see. So, and listen, Dave is about to go out on tour, uh, a couple of dates with Matt Wirtz and John McLaughlin. It's called the Two Birds, One Stone Tour. I want to give you the dates of that real quick. It's March 26th in Houston, Texas, March 27th in Austin, Texas, and March 28th in Dallas, Texas, and then April 10th in New York and April 11th in DC. So if you're anywhere near that, listen, you've got to, got to, got to get a ticket. You are going to have the best time. It is such a great show. Really. I think you will totally, totally love it. So, hey, listen, don't forget to check in on our next podcast so you can hear the rest of my conversation with musician, comedian, man about town, Dave Barnes. He's the best. If this is your first time listening to the That Sounds Fun podcast, well, welcome. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the second installment of Dave's interview that is coming in episode 6b and I would love if you guys would rate review you know do all the things over at iTunes so that when strangers are looking around figuring out where they want to hang out that they will feel welcome here again I'm easy to find all over the internet if there's something I can do for you my name is Annie F Downs that's F as in Frank or frog or fancy and you can uh, find me on Twitter Instagram all of it that way Well, I hope you guys have a great day. I'm so glad that we got to hang out. And I hope that you will do something today that sounds fun.